Hey there, this is the His Beloved Podcast with Kendra Bartlett and Megan Copeland, and we are so glad you are here. Hello, friends. Surprise. We have a little surprise episode this week. We decided that we would love to share with you what we've been doing on our other podcasts. So today we have a really great episode of the Girls Arise podcast where we have a special guest, Sister Alicia Torres from the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago. She is a religious sister who is part of the Eucharistic revival and just has a love and a passion for spreading the gospel and spreading the Eucharist around the country and so we invited her on our girls arise podcast so today we're gonna have a little crossover episode and share that with you we also want to tell you about another exciting thing that we're doing right now called Sunday stories so every Sunday I am putting out a video on YouTube and you can also listen on podcast platforms for families to listen on the way to church or in the morning before you go to mass and to hear the gospel stories before your kids enter into mass so that we can have an opportunity to dive deep into the scriptures so they know what's going on so they allow the scriptures to come to life for them i love there's nothing i love more than explaining the scriptures to kids in a way that they understand and letting jesus just come alive for them in their hearts and in their minds and so that's what we get to do so join us you can um, follow along on youtube or on any podcast platform it's called sunday stories for catholic kids And I hope you enjoy it. We'll put the links to all of these in our show notes. And if you enjoy this episode of Girls Arise, come back and listen to our other ones too. Yes, they're intended for girls, but I think anybody of any age would enjoy them. And if you know any girls in your life, please share them with them as well. All right. I hope you enjoy. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Girls Arise podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra. And guess what, y'all? We have a guest. We have never had a guest on the Girls Arise podcast before. You are in for a treat. You're the very first one. We have Sister Alicia Torres here of, let me get this right, the Franciscans of the Eucharist. Did I say that right? You got it. Yay. Okay. So we've had lots of guests on our other podcasts, but for Girls Arise, it's always just been Kendra and I. And last week, I was listening to um, Ave explores with Katie Prejean McGrady and I heard Sister Alicia and I thought oh my goodness we need her and um, I, th- I think you also said we need to be best friends with her I may have I said agree. that too <laughs> so we're best friends like, I was like she gets us like her heart is our heart like we need to be best friends yeah and Kendra's like I love that you keep giving us new best friends let's do it so I but on a wild moment I went to the website and it said it said click here to book um, media with Sister Alicia and I was like okay <laughs> so here we are just a few days later which is such a gift and you are a teacher but today your kids are on field trip so it gave us an opportunity to um, record which felt very divinely inspired yeah, like for sure we feel like you're here for a good reason today like God has called you so you want to give us a little bit of info about who you are and maybe a little bit about your order Sure. Um, like y'all said, I'm Sterlisa, so I'm really glad to be with you today. I'm in Chicago, so it's probably is warmer here today than it has been, but probably not as lovely as Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been living in Chicago for quite a long time. I came to this windy city to go to college, and I've been here for, this will be my, actually, my 20th year in wow. Chicago. And I joined my religious community um, two years after I graduated from college. So I've been a sister for going on 14 years. 
um, which is really wonderful. Uh, so just like, you know, God calls all of us to do different things in our lives, and he has the gift of a personal vocation for every one of us, a state in life that he is inviting us into, where an easy way for me to understand vocation is like, that's how God made our heart to love. Mm-hmm. It's like he mm-hmm. made my heart to love as a sister. He made your hearts to love as mothers. And so we discover how God created our hearts to love as you respond to that call of our vocation. So that's I'm really grateful to be a sister. It's a beautiful life. Um, just like every vocation, you know, there's hard times and challenges and the cross, but there's also the joy um, and the love of the Lord and the people that he gives to us, which makes it such a wonderful life. That's beautiful. And you're the vocation director of your order, correct? I am. Yes. yes. And it's a new, younger order, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I no, realized. I think we were canonically established or officially established in the church here in Chicago in 2010. 2010. Okay. So her order is younger than our children. Wow. I know. Yeah. It's funny when you're a mom, you think of everything in terms of when your kids are born. Yeah. <laughs> or some of our listeners yeah. are probably yeah. older than your order, which That's is cool. Really, so That's beautiful. Really, yeah. So you are also on the um, team that is putting on the Eucharistic Revival. And so that was part of why we really wanted to have you on is a few years ago, Kendra and I I guess it was in 2020, 2019, yeah, right before COVID, right before COVID, the Pew research study came out that said only a third of Catholics believe that Jesus was truly present in the Eucharist. And we were like, <gasps> like, we just couldn't handle that. And so we started feeling like revival was coming, especially mm-hmm. Eucharistic revival. And it was very much like growing in our hearts and in our minds. And then we even created a family retreat for that was Eucharistic um, centered. And didn't we call it like revive or something? I mean, I think we had that name and everything. And that was supposed to be April, 2020. And then COVID hit and it knocked out our retreat, which so it never happened. And um, so of course, after COVID, we were still feeling like this revival needed to come. And so when the bishops announced it, we were like, yes, <laughs> this is exactly what our church needs. Yeah. So I love that you're part of that. You want to tell us a little bit about what you do with that? Sure. Um, so I've been serving the National Eucharistic Revival for a little over two years now. I'm on the executive team. So it's a group of leaders from around the church who help make the revival happen. Um, alongside or kind of, you know, in the service of and collaboration with the bishops. So the bishops, of course, leading the survival. Um, until recently, now we have a really wonderful, I like to say small but mighty team <laughs> under the leadership of Tim Glumkowski, who is the executive director for the National Eucharistic Congress. And they've been doing fantastic work getting ready for this pivotal moment in revival next summer in Indianapolis in July 2024, where we look forward to gathering 80,000 Catholics from around the country to celebrate our faith and to grow closer to our Lord and then to be sent on mission, right? To bring this good news that Jesus is alive. We are not alone um, and that he wants to be with us in the good times and the bad times and the joys and the struggles of life. Um, So yeah, it's all about belonging, right? Like we are not alone Mm -hmm. and we belong to Jesus and in him we belong to one another. So right now, my main focus in serving the revival is I serve as the managing editor for our weekly e-newsletter, part of the revival, which just came out about an hour ago. Um, and (laughs) And so our mission is inspiration, information and formation so to evangelize to catechize and to share the good news of revival from around the country i love that so much i love that that's beautiful well um before we get started i'm going to ask you a few questions um just to kind of get to know you a little better on a different side of things um so first question 
What was your favorite childhood toy growing up or thing thing that you loved to do as a child? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I'm not really sure if I had a favorite toy, but I really loved making things. Um, so I liked to get clay and make little statues and things like that. And oh, fun. Paint them or use colored clay. And I also like to write stories and songs. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, that's beautiful. I think you can tell so much about someone's heart just getting a glimpse into their childhood. Yes, yeah, how sweet. they like to play. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so for now, if you could have any superpower, what would you want? <laughs> I don't know if I want to have like some sort of device that zapped honesty into people. <laughs> it drives me crazy when people don't like be fully transparent with me. Um, yeah. I'm working on it. Like I'm growing in patience and kindness. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like I'm really, I'm not going to like be mad at you if you tell me the truth. I just want to get that Yes. Wow. Sometimes though, I don't think we need to hear everything people are thinking. Like that's one of the, the things that's like true. to get to hear people's thoughts. Like I don't want to know all the things. But for our kids, right. wouldn't that be nice? Like the, the vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Honesty is good. That's, that's awesome. Okay. If you could sit down with anyone, you have to be living currently um, for 30 minutes and talk with them, who would you want to sit mm. with? And why? That's a good question. Um, gosh, I'm not really sure. I guess, like, for some reason, the person that's kind of coming up, uh, bubbling up. I don't even know this person's name. Gosh, I'm so bad at pop culture. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I've got to think of somebody else. Huh. Well, now I'm curious who that was. I know you too. <laughs> you can describe it. Maybe oh. we can. Um, play a guessing lady, game. Oh, Lady Gaga. That's oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, you know, I heard she went to Catholic school yes. and all these things, and, and I'm, you know, kind of distressed about some of the things she wears and some of the things yeah. she's talking about. So, I'd just be really interested to know, you know, what's going on in her heart and and what yeah. what is her real deep desire. But you, you know, know, I think she's starting to have a conversion back. Is she really? Yeah, she's posted things about about the Eucharist even. Wow. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but yes, she has. Wow. And I don't think she's like fully there yet. Like she doesn't fully mm -hmm. understand how to live out her faith, but she's definitely on the road back. That's awesome. So well, that would be a great. She needs to have 30 minutes with you. I think yeah. that's great. That, yeah. Can well, we make that happen? We'll book it? No. <laughs> I've always seen her as someone who. Yeah. 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 I've always seen her as someone who lives um, like authentic, meaning like what's exterior, what we see is kind of what we see what's happening on the interior mm -hmm. um and it's definitely been misguided and a little bit distorted but she she seems to be one that is seeking true truth yeah i think you're right yeah that's cool good answer interesting i, I like, like that, that. okay so last question we heard through the grapevine that you're a good cook <laughs> and were you on chopped yeah i was on chopped <laughs> That's so cool. You say it most nonchalant. I know. I heard yeah, you one chopped. I did, yeah. <laughs> I did. What was your winning platter or whatever? Um, you know, they, they kind of, they judge it um, overall. So okay, okay. we were competing with other people that serve the underprivileged in soup kitchens. <gasps> That's oh, cool. That's amazing. And so um, we had all Thanksgiving themed um, baskets. So... My appetizer round was like a turkey quesadilla with really fun sides. And then my entree round was uh, kind of like a Middle Eastern Mediterranean turkey themed dish because it was always the same ingredients. Uh -huh. And then the last one was this like spiced 
kind of like dessert pancake with cocoa nib sauce. And yeah, anyway, I won. It was fun. It was great. <gasps> That's so yes. cool. So neat. Well, so going into a little more serious note. Um, so I was with my, my sweet grandmother yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, two days ago. And um, she watches a lot of news. And so it kind of happens to where whenever I get to visit with her, um, she really gets sucked into the negativity of the world. Um, and so we, you know, our conversations usually start out good. And then she goes into like how schools are so dangerous and, you know, all these bad things are happening and what's happening in our world and that sort of thing. And, and it got me thinking about our, our conversation with you. Um, cause I would love for you to speak into this with, it's so easy for us to get sucked into the bad and the negative and the influence of the enemy and that sort of thing. Um, and that causes us to lose sight of what God is doing. And for me with our ministry and just things that are, are happening in my life, like taking a step back, I can see God's hand in so many things, you know, hearts being softened towards him in a way that I never could have imagined and doors opening for ministry and, um, and that sort of thing. And so I wanted to ask you from your perspective, what are you seeing God doing right now? Um, it could be like church wide, um, day to day, however the Holy Spirit stirs your heart. Like how is, how is God being God right now in your world? Mm, that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, even this morning, the third graders were here. I, I teach as a religion specialist teacher. So I teach, um, kindergarten through fourth grade religion twice a week in this little inner city Catholic school. And, uh, the question on the board was, um, you know, it was a bell ringer question. So it's, a, you know, get them started thinking mm -hmm. engaged. And it was, what is the mass? Cause I wanted to see if they could, um, state that clearly. And I was just really, I was really blown away because collectively they really fleshed out what the mass is, but particularly one little boy <laughs> wrote the mass is the remembrance of the death of the Lord. And I was like, what wow. like that is insane you know i mean because like that's actually captures the essence of the mass it's the remembrance of the death of the lord until he comes again you know like that's yeah. literally a theological statement um and this child is like nine years old wow. and i didn't i never said that to him before we've talked about how the mass is the reliving of calvary and we're entering into the sacrifice of jesus and we talk about sacrifice all the time mm -hmm. the children are very engaged and he was the same little boy by the way that last year when i dramatically revealed to them that most grown-ups don't believe that Jesus mm -hmm. Eucharist mm -hmm. class gasped and then he said how could they <laughs> you know and so like when you spend time with children whether or not they're catechized you discover that God um the spirit of the Lord right enlivens us with this religious sense like we all um are innately drawn to a relationship with God and the youngest children revealed that to us in a very simple yet profound way. And so for me, you know, I'm just so privileged to spend a good deal of time with children. Yeah. Um, and of course, they're not perfect and they have bad days and we have some children who have like major behavior challenges and needs. And yet the spirit of the Lord is alive in us through baptism, right? Um, and to me, I think that that's the kind of seed ground of hope is, mm -hmm. do you re remember who we are and whose we are and where we're heading, you know? And if we remember, if we know the answer to those three questions, who am I, whose am I, and where am I heading? If I know it and I believe it in my heart, then that 
becomes the lens through which I see reality. And then like that gift of the Holy Spirit, that wisdom, right? Like wisdom isn't, it's so hard for us to articulate sometimes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's like you can barely teach confirmation prep, right? But mm -hmm. a really simple way to understand wisdom is seeing as the Lord sees, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how could God who is all good create something that is not good? You know, and so if we just kind of reground ourselves in the very simple truths of who is God and who are we, then that opens up a whole different dynamic of what hope actually is mm -hmm. and what is possible for us in this world, despite like the whole veil of tears that we are surrounded by. Um, so I have a lot of hope. Oh, I love That's that so much. Amazing. One of the things that God's really been stirring in my heart lately is that as part of the Eucharistic revival, children are a really big, important part of it. And he's also showing me like teens and young adults, like the revival's coming from this next generation because they're the ones that are going to take it and really run with it. And it's not like a, you're going to be the future of the church. It's like, you are the church right now. Mm -hmm. And like really see, like sowing those seeds of who God is and encounter with the Lord at every, every age, you know? So I love that that's so much a part of your heart too. So I have a question for you. It, what do you want girls to know about the Eucharist? Like in this age of Eucharistic revival, what do you want them to know about the Eucharist and who Jesus is and his presence there for us? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, um, I mean, Jesus is our best friend, right? Whether or not we realize that or kind of like experience him that way. Um, and I've been actually praying about this a lot because I have a lot of memories from my childhood where I actually felt very alone most of my childhood, mm. most of my teenage years, and even into adulthood. Um, and I felt very alone, not because God wasn't there. He was always there. And my family was a Catholic family. They brought us to Mass. Um, but somehow I never learned and no one ever helped me understand um, that I could have a personal relationship with Jesus, mm. like that he and I could speak just like we are speaking with one another right now, honestly, yeah. openly about what's going on in my heart and that I can actually listen and experience him speaking to me in his own way too. Um, and, you know, Jesus said in, in the gospels, like, let the little children come to me. And if, if I could say anything to young ladies today, it would be Jesus is always waiting for you to come to him. Like he's ready for you. Yeah. You're never a burden on his time. You're never going to be a distraction to something more important. You are what is, you are who are, what is most important to Jesus. Um, and he wants to teach you how good you are and how beautiful you are so that you know that deeply in your heart and that that isn't shaken. Like nothing mm -hmm. that anyone does or says can take away your goodness and your beauty. Yeah. Um, and Jesus wants you to know that and he wants to reveal that to you about who you are. Mm. That's beautiful. For those of you guys that are not watching on YouTube, every time she says Jesus, her face lights up. <laughs> yeah, it's like the sweetest, like <laughs> deep, like love. Every time yeah. you say the word Jesus, I love it so much. I think that's really, really profound what you just said, because I think a lot of young girls, even, even women feel really alone. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I've kind of felt like sometimes when we're in a place of deep loneliness, it's an opportunity for God to meet us there. And it's almost like he's saying, you know, the world's not going to offer you what you need right now, but I can. And let me be your best friend right now. Like, let me console your lonely heart. 
And, but it's hard for us, I think, sometimes to turn to that, to turn to him because yeah. we're looking for this from the world, right? We want companionship with the world. And that doesn't mean that's never going to come, but it's me. But I think sometimes it's, it's not like, the end all be all. It's not the end all. And yeah. it's like in the waiting, like that's where God wants to meet us mm-hmm. in those lonely places. Yeah. I love how you mentioned um, how we can have a personal relationship with the Lord. Cause I, I grew up Catholic as well. Um, but I never heard that in Catholic teaching or anything like that. Um, I had a very strong influence of friends who were very active in their Protestant youth group and that sort of thing. And that was my first introduction into having a personal relationship with the Lord. And it was pivotal. It was life-changing for me to, to, um, then in college have those two come together. What does it look Mm -hmm. like to be Catholic fully alive and having a deep personal relationship with the Lord? Um, and, had I known that when I was younger, yeah, life changing. When you were just speaking, I felt like the Lord put on my heart. That is the revival. Mm, yeah, it's it's bringing yeah. together what we know to be true and good and holy about the Mass and the teachings yeah. of the Church with the deep intimacy and personal relationship with Jesus. Because at that point, then the Mass comes to life for you mm-hmm. when you know the person of Jesus, not just yeah, go through the motions and see the Eucharist in front of you, but like understanding His heart for you. Yeah. I I think that's it. I think that's what we need. (laughs) I think that's the unity also that Jesus desires in the faithful, you know. So I have a question for you. You talked about um, having conversation with the Lord. And what does it look like for you personally? Or how do you, you know, share with others how to hear the voice of God? Because that's one of the things we talk about a lot in our ministry, um, either in person or on the podcast, is I'm constantly asking people, do you hear from God? Like, do you know what he sounds like? Do you wait, do you look for him? And I've asked probably at this point, probably four or 500 people. And I get very few yeses to the question that they, they know how to hear the voice of God. So what, how, what does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, the Lord, you know, he's always revealing himself to us. Right. And I mean, to hear his voice, I think the first thing to remember is that he will speak to us, but it's not going to always be the way that we are speaking with one another right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we often forget as Catholics, again, this is where we can learn something from our Protestant brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. The Lord has spoken literally volumes to us, and we find them between the covers of the sacred scriptures. Right. Right. The whole Bible is the Lord speaking to us. Yes. Um, so if, you know, if anyone is concerned or feels left out or not part of this, the first thing that you can always do is open the Bible, open mm-hmm. the Gospels, read the words of Jesus. He has so many things that he says directly to those who are in his presence. And we are those people as well. Um, the scriptures are for all of us for all time. So that's really important. And then the other thing I think about hearing the voice of the Lord, um, because I believe I hear his voice, but I also believe that most people do, but they might not be aware that it's him. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Lord, sometimes he speaks to us through other people, you know, like someone will say something and it just kind of like strikes something in your heart, like, wow, that is true, you know, or the Lord speaks to us in our own hearts in those quiet moments. And sometimes you might hear something in our heart, you know, not with our ears, but with our heart, or even more often, I think the Lord just through the sense of his presence speaks to us, mm-hmm. you know, and you can ask him a question 
and trust that somehow he's going to respond to you. And I know there's that there's that popular book about like the different love languages, right? Mm-hmm. And it has a different way that they kind of express and receive love most naturally. I think it's very similar in our relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, every one of us is so unique and different that we can't expect. And why would he want to speak to us each the very same? Yeah. He mm-hmm. wants to have a special speak to every single one of us. Um, but a relationship takes time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It takes time. It takes trust. It takes vulnerability. Um, and we have to we have to make a decision with our minds to set that time aside to be with Jesus. You know, and if maybe I'm someone who doesn't have a regular habit of prayer yet, maybe the first step is to say, okay, 10 minutes every day. I'm going to set this time aside. It's a special time for me and Jesus. So, you know, anyone that's listening or watching us right now, I mean, most young ladies by the time they're in high school and certainly as young adults have had the experience of like falling in love or having a crush right, on yeah. some guy. And when you fall in love or have a crush or you're kind of going crazy for someone, like, well, you naturally want to spend time with that person, right? right? And it's not going to be the same dynamic when we come to realize Jesus is a real person who wants to be with us. But it's a very similar pattern of needing to spend that time to get to know and to get to be known, Mm -hmm. right? Like he wants to know us just as much as he'll stir that desire for us to want to know him. Um, but we have to spend that time with him and take that next little step to what does that mean for me? If no time regularly yet, maybe 10 minutes, but then grow from there. Um, and you'll want to, like you'll want to, just like you all want to spend times with your husbands, right? It's like it's a natural yeah. desire to be with the one that you love and the one that loves you. Well, Jesus loves us yeah. and he wants us even in that love. So for you, when did that happen going from not having a personal relationship with the Lord into that place? And maybe how did that take place? And how did that lead you to where you are now um, as a sister? Yeah, I think for me, you know, similar to you, um, it was in college when I started to realize like these things are coming together. Like Mm -hmm. I go to mass, I believe in what the church teaches, but Jesus also is this real person like for me that I can be in a relationship with. Um, and it was really during Eucharistic adoration mm-hmm. when I was in college that it started to come together. You know, my mom would go to adoration on Fridays after school, but I just didn't get it, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I go in the church, sometimes I wouldn't, but I'm sure there were seeds planted there. Um, but I just remember there were a couple of different adoration chapels in the city that I would go to, or I would go to with a couple of friends or a friend. Um, and it just was in that silence with Jesus. Um, but you know, not alone, you're kind of surrounded by the whole church. There's different people in that adoration chapel where he just started to really speak to my heart in a way that I could hear him and realize like his love for me. And as he became more real, it was like I became more real. And then the mass became more real and Mm -hmm. life became more real. Um, and so his real presence in, in like a very true way helped me to be really present to actually my own self, Mm -hmm. you know, my need. Um, but also my desire to make a gift of myself to God and to others. Um, it is that silence and like me choosing to be there in adoration that really where it started to blossom. I love that so much. There's a couple of things you just said. One is that 
as you got to know him and he became more alive, you became more alive. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like he breathed your identity into you. It's like without that, we can't really fully know who we are until we see ourselves through his eyes. Yeah. And then you become more alive because you're like, oh, oh, like I I have purpose now. Like there's just like a joy that that radiates like that. What were you saying? Okay. <laughs> so the other thing I was thinking of is um, the fact that you met him first in adoration. Like that was when you really were able to hear his voice because it's it's really kind of a sweet place to be. I see a lot of young girls who grew up Catholic and have you know spent their time in mass and just kind of been the good Catholic girls, right? And they've done what their parents have wanted them to do, but they haven't fully like transitioned over into that place of intimacy with Jesus. And then when they go to adoration, it's like something clicks there. Mm -hmm. And we always ask at the end of retreats, what's your favorite part? So whether it's like a big youth conference or a small retreat just at the parish level, what's your favorite part? And we could have done like the craziest things all weekend long and all sorts of crazy fun. And every single time, I bet 75 to 80% of the students say, adoration every single time and it's like there's something about being in the true presence of Jesus that is just unlike anything they've ever experienced and and they want more of it and I love it so much and it, it just brings so much joy to my heart but then I wonder how do we take that experience of Jesus in the Eucharist in adoration and transfer that into Jesus in the mass right yeah because that's always like there's something special about adoration that's different that like I don't know, you know, touches a part of our hearts that we're not used to. But mass is almost like commonplace. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Is yeah. that what it is? And I say this for my own heart too. Like I want mass to feel like I feel when I go to adoration. So did you have that kind of, you said you journeyed from seeing him in in, in adoration towards the mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I guess like the kind of the words that are coming to my heart now are um, something that we keep trying to message through the revival you know that jesus wants to have an encounter with us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that we can be sent on mission so it's all about encountering jesus and then being sent on mission or really going on mission with him right um and i guess like a challenge that i have is just even around the word feeling you know we live in a very emotional culture like people are looking for and even making many decisions based on how they feel not necessarily allowing the ability, the gift of reason or intellect to inform those decisions all the time. And it can become very, um, how do you say, detrimental to our life of faith because faith ultimately is not about a feeling. Mm -hmm. Faith is a gift from God that we all receive in baptism that's strengthened when we celebrate the sacraments. Um, And love is not a feeling, like love is a choice, it's an act of the will. Um, and so how do we learn our own selves and how do we accompany the people God has entrusted to us to kind of navigate that dynamic that we're not always going to feel something. We're not always going to think that we or sense that we got something out of mass or out of our time of prayer. At, mass is an act of worship. Like mm. we go there to offer worship and love for God. And so I think that, you know, part of this revival is going to be a purification of our intentions and our mm. wills and our desires. It's like we, what we actually desire is communion with God. Mm. And that is probably something very different than what we think it is, or what we think it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like you have, you have really like solid, you, you feel really connected sometimes with your husband, right? Like you're like, man, we are so on the same wavelength right now. And other times you're just like, 
where is his head? Like, I feel so disconnected. <laughs> that doesn't change the fact of your marital, of your bond of marriage. Like, mm-hmm. the marriage is still there. The covenant is still there, whether you feel on the same wavelength or not. Um, and it's the same with the Lord. The covenant was sealed in our baptism. And every time we receive the Eucharist, the covenant is nourished and strengthened. Um, and through confirmation, the spirit of the Lord, that ability is strengthened, the Holy Spirit in us to defend and spread our faith. And so like our sacramental life, it's not always going to have the feelings that we would hope for it to have. But it's it's the faith, the size of a mustard seed that's going to get us through and help us to learn in our own hearts the reality of the mass that like literally it's like heaven meets earth and we're right there (laughs) like that's mind-blowing and i go to mass every day and i don't get it right but i go because i believe it you know i don't feel something at mass most of the time but i go because i deeply believe this is the greatest act of worship and this is the way jesus is giving himself to me in communion with the father and the holy spirit um and there's nothing greater um you know and so I think God wants to strengthen our spiritual muscles a little bit. We're kind of like a little bit of too used to drinking like the the soft milk of (laughs) of feeling and emotion. And he wants us to be strong so that Mm. when those emotions and feelings don't support the relationship, we have the conviction that it's there and we're going to persevere. It's kind of like a hard message to say um, for young women and for all of us, but we need to hear it. Because just like you're not always going to have a romantic experience if you're called to marriage, you're not always going to have those feelings in our relationship with God, but it doesn't change the truth. The relationship is there and it's primary. Mm -hmm. Um, And he wants us to know that. And I just, I'm so convicted by that. Um, And much of it just comes from my own experience of like, you just don't always have those feelings uh, that you might really want to have. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of ours um, often challenges us to go back to when we first realized he saw us and Mm -hmm. he knew us and loved us. And what was that? And so many times, you know, in marriage, um, I go back to, you know, the, the first moment that I knew Chris was going to be my spouse, you know, just Mm -hmm. that deep love. Mm -hmm. And that probably is the same with you sister of, you know, your marriage with, with God, you know, you're his bride. And, um, you probably, do you have moments where you get into the mundane of, teaching and that sort of thing where you have to go back to remember that, that encounter that he called you to be his. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, you can get really caught up in the the rhythm or the routine or just like sometimes like even the drudgery, you know, mm-hmm. everyday life. It's not super fun to grade a paper. It's not super fun to chop an onion every time for the thousandth time. Um, for me personally, like where that's most active is just every morning when I make a holy hour, you know, and I spend that time with the Lord and I remember and I choose to let him be the first, Mm -hmm. you know, the first in my heart, the first in my life. I give the best of my day to him. And the morning is when like early in the morning is when I'm most alert, most awake, and I can be present as best I can in prayer and let him be present to me. Um, Yeah. And if I feel discouraged or when I feel discouraged or you know, maybe sometimes with the Eucharistic of Alice, like, wow, there's so many places that are doing amazing things, but there's nothing happening in these other places. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of get pulled into that, kind of like your grandma, you know, that mm-hmm. discouragement. But then I remember like, but Jesus is right here. Like he's alive. He's here in the Eucharist. And he's given himself to me. Um, and I mean, like, it would take a whole nother series of podcasts to like explain everything. But I mean, like, I feel like my whole life is a miracle. You know, there's been so many times where 
I was sick or injured, mm-hmm. or I might not have been able to make vows because of this injury. Or that. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. Lord has just pulled me through these things of miracles to bring me to this day. Um, and so I'm so sure that his hand is on my life, just like it's on your lives. And we're so blessed and we don't have anything to worry about. Um, but we do need to stay faithful. And that's like mm. where we can make a choice every day. Yeah. 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 Um, you mentioned being injured. I heard on the other podcast that you had a brain injury as you were entering into um, your, I guess it was like your second year. And um, my oldest daughter has had eight concussions in the last two years. And there's been a lot of times where her life was put on hold and it was like, let's just focus on what's in front of us. Um, and so there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of us having to trust the Lord and all of that. And so I just, when I was listening to your story, I wondered, what did you, what did you discover about the heart of the father during Mm -hmm. that time? Or like, did you see, did, did you get to know him deeper? What did you learn about him during that time of, um, difficulty? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the first thing that came out of my heart was that, you know, the refrain of that song, he's a good, good father. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like what who he is. Um, and like one of my good friends is St. Therese, and I you know, just always think about how she just wanted to let God the Father hold her mm-hmm. in his arms. Um, and I mean, I have the same desire. Like I was this, this innate desire to be held, um, and I know that the Lord fulfills that desire in me in his own way all the time. Um, but I just like imagine that just being held by the father, being a little child standing before Jesus and him just looking at me, you know, with this like deep mm-hmm. delight, and joy. And um, yeah, so that I don't have to do anything to prove that I am good or worthy to be loved. Um, but simply that I exist is more than enough uh, mm-hmm. to be loved by the Lord and by the people that he brings into my life to show me and remind me that I am good and that I am his. I love that so much and um, that it didn't last forever. The fact that he's brought you through this and he's given so much to your life to be able to live out this calling that he's given you. That was, it gave me a lot of hope when I heard that story. I was like, Mm -hmm. my daughter needs to hear this because she's actually in the middle of another concussion. (laughs) And sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels like, it feels like what we're dealing with will never end, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're going to be stuck in this place forever. So like not letting our minds go too far into the future of the what ifs, but like just living in that moment of being held. That's really good advice. Mm -hmm. I think something that's That's been kind of a common thread throughout our conversations has been just how the Lord desires stillness within us and Mm -hmm. also obedience, right? Going through what we're called to go through me as a mom, I can't just like, okay, I'm going to not take care of my kids and go be still before the Lord. Um, I have to, you know, balance for sure. But, um, within that stillness, he encounters us and that's where we hear his voice and we hear him, um, call us his own and, um, where we hear that we're treasured and gifted by him and look at what is happening right now in our world that is pulling young people away from stillness, Mm. that just constant distraction. Look at this, look at this instant gratification, um, social media, TV, all this stuff. And, um, and it's taking a great act of the will for our young people to enter into stillness. Mm. I wonder if that's part of what they're drawn to in adoration. Oh yeah. Is there's a stillness there and it's almost like a prescribed stillness. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, if you would have said to them, Hey, we're going to go sit and be quiet for, Mm -hmm. you know, this amount of time, they'd probably say no, but since it's offered to them and Jesus is truly present, then there's like a a moment to really allow him to access their hearts that they Mm -hmm. don't have time for otherwise. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I don't know, girls who are listening, if you guys have an adoration chapel nearby, we have one in our parish, which is 
such a gift. Mm -hmm. And I, I forget how blessed we are for that, but like go spend five minutes even like just stop in and have that still moment with the Lord. It's, it's so worthwhile. Yeah. And even in your day to day, you know, if you can't make it to adoration, where can you, can you set your alarm 10 minutes earlier and just Mm -hmm. wake up and, and like you were saying, sister, giving him, Mm -hmm. um, your first fruits of the day and spending time with him. Um, even within your daily obligations, like going to school, where can you, um, access is still part of your heart and, and talk with him as you're walking in the hallway. You know, I, I talk with him when I fold laundry and that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of little, little opportunities where you, um, can have interior rest and stillness. Um, and I think that's where he desires to reside too, yeah. is deep within the stillness mm-hmm. of our hearts. Um, cause we're attuned to him and in relationship with him. Yeah. All right. So I guess we should probably move on to our last thing. So Girls Arise, girls probably don't know this, but on our other podcast, we always end with what's God doing in your heart with our guests. And and it's a way for us to just continually look for him because sometimes we get into a habit of just moving through our lives and not noticing that he's speaking to us. So it's been really good for us mm-hmm. to just constantly be have our eyes open to like, where is God stirring? So you yeah. want to go first? Sure. <laughs> Okay. Or I can uh, go first. Okay. Okay. Ahead. I'll go first. <laughs> Usually we fight over who has to go first. Okay. Or we so, throw it at each other. Yeah, we're like, you do it. So I actually thought about this before I go. Okay. So good. I'm good. Okay. So I am in a season of obedience mm. and I wouldn't call myself like a real, real good at obedience. <laughs> I like things to like move quickly, but the Lord called me to start something and to step out in faith and do something bold that I'd never done before. And um, it was to start a podcast for kids and telling scripture stories, which I absolutely absolutely adore. But I'm in this kind of like season of it's not, I'm not seeing the fruit that I believe God has for it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I really feel like he put this on my heart for a reason, but I'm not seeing that fruit yet. And in my old ways, I would have quit by now because I would have been like, oh, well, it's not worth it. (laughs) But like, I really feel like there's an obedience that he's calling me to, to like, keep moving, keep going because the fruit is coming, but it's not here yet. Mm -hmm. And to just remember that waiting is a good place to be as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, for me, the Lord has just really been empowering me to, or I would say awakening me to his power Ooh, and like that. the power that I have in him as his daughter, as baptized, um, and power of the gospel. And, and, and a lot of this is coming from our encounter school mm. of ministry classes, um, and stuff that I knew, but you know, you hear stuff, but then you hear stuff and I've been hearing stuff, you yeah. know, if that makes sense. Just deep in prayer. Um, and just the, the firm foundation that that is, and that it is a safe place to stand and a safe place to operate from. Um, and like the enemy has no hold there, mm, you know, that's good. So what about you sister? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those graces. As also, what is your daughter's name so we can pray for her? Ella. Who has that name? Ella. Yes. Okay, cool. She would love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I guess for, for me right now, like the Lord, I mean, it feels like this is a, a like a perpetual season. I don't know when it started and I have no idea when I'll end it. <laughs> like he's just always wanting to, you know, go deeper and like there's healing for me. Mm. Um, especially just like dismantling these different lies that I can so easily believe about myself um, and that pull me away from that peace and that joy he has for me. So Mm. just being able to, I think just, it's like a continuation of that grace, a real presence, you know, to see and to experience reality as it truly is. And as I truly am in him. Mm. Um, So it's, you know, it's always hard to kind of hmm, be honest with like what's happening in our heart 
But like the more honest we can be with that, like the more we're letting Jesus be with us in it, which is really beautiful. I love that so much. That's been a big part of our ministry is the Lord walking us through our own journeys of like discovering lies that we've believed and renouncing those lies and allowing him to speak truth over our hearts and heal those wounds. And then inviting girls into that too, because girls Mm -hmm. hear lies all the time. And I had one um, teen girl in my theology class one year who said um, she went to her therapist and her therapist said to put a bean in a jar every time she heard a negative thought in her mind or a lie in her Mm -hmm. heart. And the first day she had 300 and something (gasps) in one day. And, and it was about like taking those thoughts captive and not allowing them to take root in her heart. And so then the next day she got a little better. And then like by day three, she had like 150. And I was like, 150 yeah. is still a lot. Like, yeah. bless your sweetheart. But you get into a place where it's commonplace and yeah. you don't well, think anything different. And the liar just goes, oh. yeah, and you start to just believe the lies because right. you hear them so often. So learning how to really renounce those lies and allow the Holy Spirit and the Lord to speak to your heart and speak beauty and truth and love over you is so powerful. powerful. And I love that even as a religious sister, that's something that you're still, you know, journeying through that we're all going to be journeying through. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You are such a gift. You're, you just, um, radiate (laughs) grace and peace and tenderness and love and authenticity. And you're just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your witness. It's so fun to be with you today. Thank you for inviting me. I love your outfits. Oh, <laughs> we didn't plan to match. No, we do this all the time. I walk like out the door. I walk out the door and then she's for matching. Like We're this. like, oh man, I better go change. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's so beautiful to see the gift of Christian friendship yeah. alive in you. Yeah. I think that's really important for girls to see like that God gives us to each other to be sisters mm-hmm. for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need that a lot, especially in the world today. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. one of the things we talk about a lot is that we were both very lonely yeah. and we both prayed for friendship. And it was probably 10 years ago now that we were praying for friendship and then God yeah. moved her onto my street. And it yeah. was, I mean, the best friendship you could ever dream yeah. of. So it's like when you ask the Lord with a contrite heart, like a true heart, like he delivers, like he, he blew us out of the water with the gift of each other. So yeah. yeah. A friend of mine called it kingdom family. Ooh. Isn't that powerful? Like we are kingdom family. Kingdom family. Like for each other. We are kingdom family. Yeah. Yeah. Kingdom sisters. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And our, and our daughters are too. They've grown up together and they support one another and you know, they live, live their lives together. It's really sweet. So, all right. Yeah. Well, thank you, sister. Have a good rest of the day with your kiddos. You too. God bless you. You Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are so glad to have you here. If you're new to our podcast, we'd love if you would stick around. And if you'd like to go back and listen to some of our old episodes. So we just did a series called Find Your Fire in the fall of this year. And I'd love for you to go back and listen to those because in those episodes, we talk about what does it mean to truly live out the faith, to let the Lord have access to your heart, to follow the Holy Spirit, to heal wounds, to just have a deep prayer life. Um, And it's just Kendra and I, and we're just getting to share what the Holy Spirit has put on our hearts. And I'll tell you what, it's maybe some of my favorite ministry we've ever done. Um, I'd also invite you to go back and listen to episode one and two. Those are our very first episodes where I tell my story and Kendra tells her beautiful love story. The audio is not the best, but the content is great. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Share this with a friend and reach out to us if you have any questions or want to just, I don't know, share what this episode meant to you. All right, guys. See you later. Thank you.